Hello and welcome to That Film Stew. I'm Luke. And I'm Jason. This is our movie show where we bring you the latest movie and TV news. Major reshuffling to Warner Brothers release schedule. What's that all about? Um, is it too late for an I Am Legend sequel? What about uh, Beetlejuice? Some good news for Futurama fans. The Muppets are back again and The Walking Dead continues to not die even more. Like, more, I can't believe we're going to be talking about more Walking Dead, but we'll get to it. But before all that, trailer talk. And we do have some more news on DC League of Super Pets. And it's in relation to the shuffling or reshuffling you spoke about with Warner Brothers, but I, I don't want to get to that just yet. So let's just enjoy this little teaser we've had. The new DC League of Super Pets trailer revealed that Keanu Reeves will be playing another version of Batman. Yes. I was happy. When this trailer came out, I was happy. We'll get to the other news later. But here we are. Keanu Reeves is Batman in this animated film. I think Keanu's voice as Batman is perfect. It's a, it's this the night it's the best amount of like darkness in yeah. this kind of tone. <laughs> like it, it really honestly for me. This trailer, this little yeah. snippet of a trailer <laughs> really it's charming. It's cute. It's, it's so nice. much fun. Yeah. And this was you know, I was having a good time. This trailer came out, Keanu Reeves as Batman. And again, it's before all that reshuffling news. But yeah, I thought this is this is good. You know, we were looking at yet another Batman on the big screen. And as well as having Keanu, just think about the cast we have here, the human characters. This is the film where John Krasinski voices Superman. Pretty cool. Pretty epic. Oh, the, the cast <laughs> is shaping up. I've seen some criticism online for the look or the design of Batman. Who cares? Oh, no. It's a move for kids, talking yeah. animals. Keanu Reeves is Batman. If that's not enough, you'll never be satisfied. Because, wow, yeah, I think this, uh, mm. this teaser looks great. And what this what this little teaser showed us is that, like, once again, you know, when, when, DC, when Warner Brothers do a DC animated comedy type film, they're really on point with their humor in terms of like poking fun at at you know, DC and the characters, whether it's Lego Batman movie or Teen Titans go to the movies. This is going to be, I think, like in on par with with that kind of humor. I think they're great. They're great at poking fun um, at the at the things in in celebration. Yeah, so that's, that's good, and that's key. And that's key. Like, mm. he's not taking the piss. It's all in good fun. Yeah, like yeah. whoever Morgan Freeman played. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that's right. Brilliant. I am hoping, though, like we're getting in these trailers, that they are going to feature the the themes from the films. Well, I mean... It adds to it. It's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, well, well, that's it. Like, we, we get the Danny Elfman Batman theme in this. And, I mean, we've seen it in... Was it in, in the Lego Batman movie? I'm trying to think. Ugh, if not there, I think they used it on his appearance in the Lego movie. Yeah. Oh, the, the we have Space Jam we have the Legacy. It. They 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 were using movie scores there and a couple oh, of I know we, 
I don't know why we keep going back to that movie, but they did that thing where they the animation style was Superman the animated series, but they used the John Williams thing. Does that upset just, you? Or like yes, okay, absolutely. No, that's, that's fair. That's absolutely, fair. the Shirley Walker theme is great. I'm not saying it's better than the John Williams theme because you can't compete with that. But it's a great Superman theme. But if you're going to use that world. It should be that theme. Anyway, we did that when we reviewed Space Jam: A New Legacy. But even though an issue, on the podcast, even though that's an issue, we'll stop bringing it up. More reason, or like why? Well, it's more likely that they will use the John Williams Superman theme and then Danny Elfman's Batman and stuff. But that's fine. But that, but that is yes. But that's okay though. That's okay because it's you know you do associate Superman with that John Williams theme, and we've already had. John Krasinski's animated Superman flying to the theme from Superman the movie. And that's great. It works. But just the creative choice in Space Jam, where the world they went to was specifically Superman the animated series. Anyway, we've done that and we're doing it again. So let's, let's, we both agree DC League of Super Pets looks like a good movie. The next trailer, Bullet Train, gotta be honest, until this trailer, I never even knew this was a thing. <laughs> Brad yeah, Pitt leads yeah. an all-star cast. And I can't remember the last time we saw this Brad Pitt. I honestly can't. This looks like a funny, over-the-top action movie. And again, I, I've not seen this Brad Pitt in such a long time. Yeah, and this looks like, it looks nutty. And you know what? I'm, I'm excited to see this Brad Pitt back and in something like like this like you know sometimes you you might see a poster for a movie you're like okay that looks kind of stupid but hey this trailer completely turned me around i was like this is insane like the whole movie seems to be set on this train um i doubt they're actually in japan you know even though it looks it looks legit i'm sure they're in just a studio in california somewhere um but like even what like what this trailer is showing us in terms of like the choreography and the camera movements, the capturing of this action, um, and then there's there's just a part in this film where it's just well, in this trailer where it's just like, oh, this person's in this movie as well. Oh, okay, I, I know that person. This person's also in this movie. Yeah. Oh, there's another actor I know. Like, there's going to be a a lot of I guess there's a lot. There's going to be a lot going on. Because there's a lot, there's a lot of carriages. Yeah, there's a lot of carriages, and he's going to meet a lot of different characters. Like right at the end, Aaron Taylor Johnson. And honestly, yeah. like, isn't he looking for him? <laughs> yeah, well, he's, he's about to play Craven the Hunter, but with him though, I almost need like a second glance because he's got this ability to just look different. He looks different enough, but then when you see it's him, oh, of course it's him. Mm. But I remember watching Tenet. And for the longest time, didn't realise that was him. It's hard to spot sometimes. (laughs) I love that there's that one, I guess like the longest part of this trailer was that scene. Um, And I always forget that guy's guy's name. Is it, I think it was like Tyrese or or something. At the beginning with, um, is it Tyree Henry? Yeah, yeah. The guy that was, he was just in like the Eternals and, you know, he's in Atlanta and, yeah, like, yeah. The scene where they're just like sitting, you know, they're in the carriage, they're sitting at the table, and 
I've it's got just, a gun on you. Just, yeah. And it's just like, oh, and then that guy rocks off. And it's like, I don't know. I just felt, I was like, that scene just hooked me. I was like, okay, okay, this looks interesting. And then it just went bonkers. Like, this is nutty. I'm excited for this. Like, this, where did this come from? And it's right there in the trailer from the director of Deadpool 2. There you go. It and then it's like, oh, wacky. <laughs> it looks wacky. But again, like I saw a screenshot of Brad Pitt for this movie. I'm like, oh, wow, what's this? <laughs> you know, at least, yeah, it looks like a lot of fun. So the last trailer we're going to talk about is a TV trailer for Obi-Wan Kenobi <gasps> featuring new locations, a young Luke Skywalker, and the Grand Inquisitor. From I think he's from Clone Wars, but one of the animated series. And we have seen his people on screen before. Maybe it was in one of the prequels, but not in a prominent role like we're looking to be getting here and he's going to be one of the big bads of the series. And this just looks amazing. Yeah, look, I won't, I won't pretend to know who the Grand Inquisitor is and any sort of uh, connections to them. But um, all I need to say to you to explain that I got, like the, the heart was beating, the blood was pumping, Duel of the Fates. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was everybody's experience. <laughs> oh, my God. Cool. <laughs> like it was, yeah, that's how you get me. That's how you get me. You, you take me back to when we first met you and McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, and you just highlight the good, the good stuff. And one of the one of the good things of Phantom Menace was the goddamn score, and the just oh, it just reminded me of his fight with uh, with Darth Vader and not Darth Vader, Darth Maul. That's later. That's later. And yeah, well, we do get a first look at Darth Vader, and Hayden Christensen has come out and confirmed. That's actually him in the suit. So that's cool. That is that is good. That's good. Doesn't need to be, but it's good that it is. I guess it like just adds that little bit of authenticity to it. It's just like, you know, a real ownership for him to be like, no, I'm, I'm there, I'm playing it. It's, it's me. I'm not just phoning it in later on or just, oh, they brought me in for one day to take my helmet off. So that's yeah, I'm good. really that's good. Really looking forward to this show. End of May cannot come quick enough. But Hugh McGregor, it, it's like he never left. He, he just looks so good in that role. And yes, I'm really looking forward to the show. Yeah, look, we got a whole bunch of like returning. I mean, we knew we knew who was coming back uh, into this show, so there's not exactly any real surprises or anything like that. But I guess just to see it, to see returning faces, you know. Uncle Owen's there. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. I mean, here we are back on Tatooine again um, in another Star Wars Disney Plus show. That's okay. That's fine. There's going to be new locations. We're not (laughs) going to stay here. (laughs) (laughs) We expected as much. We expected as much. But um, I cannot tell you how excited I am to watch. I mean, just this looks, this does look good. This does look good. And it really does. Yeah. yeah. And I mentioned, Seeing young Luke and the way that he's sat there, it's like he's racing a pod racer. Ah, oh, it's cool. A lot of um, good stuff just in this little teaser. See, honestly, end of May, 
as a weekly TV show, Obi-Wan Kenobi. That is going to be amazing. As long as it's better than Boba Fett. What? Uh, we don't have Hey, they, they gave some really good episodes towards the end of the season. Anyway. There was, there was, there was yes, two there was. good episodes, wasn't there? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Three. At a push yeah. four. Anyway, yeah. episode two was pretty good. At <laughs> a push four. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it for trailer talk. And now on to movie news. And I'll let you start us off. Oh, I knew you'd do that. Oh, all the dates, <laughs> all the dates. So we're talking Warner Brothers. Um, they've, out of nowhere, I mean, if it was not only a couple days before this was all announced, you know, like whilst watching The Batman, you know, like they were presenting a a sizzle reel, you know, that sizzle reel, you know, the world needs heroes. Yeah. All the upcoming DC movies in 2022 that we're going to get, like the marketing was still happening we were still being told that and now i mean this is they've just come out and they've they've changed a whole bunch of things there's some pluses though there's some you know it's not all dire news um and we'll get to it all um but dc league of super pets if you just you know talk spoke about that trailer um it's moved from may 20th to july 29th so a couple months but still this year let's not freak out it's okay We'll be okay. We'll just have to wait a little bit longer for that Keanu Reeves, Superman, Batman, Batman, Batman. Um, the Flash moves from November 4th to June 23, 2023. So The Flash, no longer this year. Those extra Batmans we were going to get, Affleck back, Michael Keaton back, not this year, next year, guys. Um, this one's the kicker, isn't it? That's for me, yeah, well, you know, yeah. there's, there's more... Well, we went from the we flash. went from having four different Batman's um, theatrically this year to that's including Keanu Reeves um, to now just the two of them. So, but that's what I was getting at before. Like it, it was like for a couple of days, just for a couple of days, <laughs> that we we found out we we're going to get four Batman on the big screen, and now it's down to two. That's still okay. And on one hand, I mean, it's got nothing to do with it, but just having Robert Pattinson really have his moment as Batman this year. It's hey, good hey. that he's getting that. Keanu Reeves, man. Keanu Reeves. In animation. I'm talking about live action. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> talking about live action. Yeah, it is. Pattinson it, is having it, his moment, but... That's the silver the lining. Flash, honestly, I've lost track how many times the Flash has been delayed. Stop counting. It's, you're going to run out of fingers <laughs> and toes. Well, I have... <laughs> That's um, why I've lost track. Aquaman 2 and like the Lost Kingdom of whatever the hell it's called um, moves from December 16 to March 17th, 2023. So again, another one. Not this year, move to next year. I mean, when when you look at it, you know, from December to March, it's talking, because it's, you know. It, I mean, it's going off against Avatar months. 2, maybe. Yeah, that's... It's, it's, that could be a factor. Look, it's only well, it's a hand three months. It's a handful of months, exactly. But when you look at it from going from a 2022 movie to a 2023 movie, it just makes that gap seem a lot wider. Mm. Although The Flash, November to June, that's that's almost half a year. Well, that is half a year. That's massive. Well, like, that's I mean, good. I don't think there's actual like an actual official story but a lot of what i've read is due to covid bullshit 
special <laughs> no special effects houses are backed up. That's what that's that's mm. all I could really find. And out of all of them, which might make sense for its the biggest delay, the Flash. Out of all of them, it's the biggest FX movie, and apparently that's played a big part in these delays. But again, no official statement has come out. But that's what people are saying. I'll tell you what. I mean, that's. I mean, I don't know the answer, but I mean, that's definitely a a cover story for whatever you know. Like that's just that's the PR spin for whatever reason. I mean, do you know what? It's not like it's not like they've been surprised by COVID. Like, oh, we, no. we weren't anticipating this two-year pandemic. Uh, no, but there is there's behind-the-scenes pics of Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne, as Batman on the set of the Batgirl film, which is a HBO Max film. That's not mentioned anywhere with the reshuffling of the release dates. But The Flash is Michael Keaton's return as Batman. So surely yeah, so you would surely think there would be a knock-on effect and Batgirl, yeah, gets we'll pushed as and well. I'll, I'll come back can't... To, to something related to all these. This, okay, this but I was just going to say, you can't have Michael Keaton return as Batman on HBO Max. No, that, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Like that, no, I mean, that would be deplorable. Would it's be... just not come up no. anywhere. There's no mention of Batgirl being delayed, but it'd have to be, surely. Um, but look, also, I mean, outside of DC, unless uh, unless really Wonka is now a DC character, but you know, still Warner Brothers. Um, just in terms of delays, um, Wonka moves from March 17, 2023, to December 15, 2023. See, there's another example of like it's the same year, but that's it doesn't, huge. It doesn't seem like a big gap, <laughs> even though it actually is. Oh, I don't know. Like, yeah, that's, no, that's huge. No, that's that actually is. the biggest. That's actually the biggest push. But in my mind, it I'm is. Like, yeah, yeah. It's still. It's still. But it's the year. same. It's yeah. I get it. It's the same. It's the same <laughs> year. But wow, that's crazy, isn't it? But anyway, so yeah. there's that. But look, this is what we've. Um, is this still a Shazam? So this is, I guess. A bit of silver lining here. Shazam 2, Shazam Fury of the Gods, moves up from June 2nd, 2023 to December 16th, 2022. So we can, we can at least get Shazam this year. And look, to me, I had a I had a pretty damn good time with that first Shazam movie. So to be able to say, hey, look, we're getting that this year, I'm stoked. It, sooner rather than later, awesome. Um, but yeah, yeah about, and about it's... The, it's a couple of months after Black Adam, which I think that's that shuffled slightly as well. Yeah, I think but only Black by Adam a couple of months back. Yeah, a couple of months, but still, Black Adam is still this year as well. It is, but yeah, but having the Shazam spin-off Black Adam months apart from Shazam Two, and to have Shazam Two at Christmas time as well, middle of December. This movie should play well at Christmas. But, you know, it's interesting. You've probably seen the the costumes. Well, in fact, we've talked about in the podcast how the Shazam family, they've had the costumes redesigned. And I saw a tweet by director David F. Sandberg the other day, and he said there's no explanation in the movie why the costumes suddenly look different, but he was just going to blame it on The Flash. And what Ezra Miller does in the in, the, do in the, the Earths or whatever, but now you can't do that anymore. Now. Well, that, that's what I was going to say. Around. That's what I was going to say. Like, you know, like it's 
on one hand, I'm like, look, it's great if we have these movies almost stand alone and do their own thing and not be reliant on everything else that's happening. But at the end of the day, like these movies are a part of a shared universe. Wouldn't you think that things that are happening in each movie would have some sort of effect on each one and therefore the, re- the, the order of release should be reliant on on you know certain things that are happening especially a movie as big as the like the flash and what they're proposing might be happening in that whereas i'm thinking well at the end of the flash movie i guess nothing really changes because it doesn't really matter what order these movies are are coming out and it doesn't seem like there's going to be that much of a knock-on effect which is kind of disheartening in a way i feel like it's just going to be i mean i'm sure it's going to be fun and crazy and epic yeah no, i think i think it, you are i think you are going to say things i mean the biggest one being the return of michael keaton's batman and that's why you know batgirl surely should have to have to move but i like the fact that they're not having all these movies just be so tightly linked like they can shuffle them around they can just be standalone movies but that means you just that's not like you're saying like, all right, it's good to not see them so tightly linked, but at the same time, this almost indicates no link, like, at all. Like, nothing, nothing is going to trinkle over between any of these four know, movies but at all. You've already got Shazam, Fury of the Gods, and that's got the Black Adam connection. Black Adam is introducing the Justice Society of America. So they are doing world building, but I like the fact that they can, I don't know, I, I don't feel as though it needs to be like the MCU where they do weave in and out of each other's films. And maybe there'll be time for that. But we'll just have to wait and see. But I've got to be honest, seeing the Flash move, it's a bit disheartening because I was really looking forward to seeing it this year. But we'll just have to wait a while longer. The Flash is what? still over a year away. What about, mate, <laughs> what about poor Ben Affleck that just absolutely wants to be done with Batman? He wants to move on just and dragging it out. They're just dragging it out. <laughs> it's going to be like, it's 2023 20, and I'm still Batman. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I don't even know. Maybe it's a contract thing. Maybe they came across something and they're like, oh, wait, we have to. I don't know. No, probably nothing. Okay, so moving on, but still Warner Brothers. Florence Pugh is in talks to join the cast of June Part 2 as Princess Erulon, I want to say. Princess Erulon. She is the daughter of the Emperor. But also Austin Butler is in talks to play Fade Rauther. He's the character who was played by Sting in the David Lynch movie back in, I think, I want to say, 84, maybe 85. This is actually rattling my head that, like, no, I mean, okay, fine. They haven't even started production on this second movie in terms of, like, just getting into it. But the fact that, like, they're still casting characters and things, it's like, oh, my God, like, they, they should have just made these movies together. It's, when when is this out? When is this coming out? Like, 2025? I don't think <laughs> it has a, well, it's Warner Brothers, so who knows? <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> I don't even think they know. <laughs> so we won't know. We'll blame the Flash for it. We'll blame Flash. <laughs> but Florence Pugh, though. Yeah. Look, I mean, Give me more Florence Pugh. You could literally say Florence Pugh has been cast as, I don't know, like a 
I don't know anything. I was going to start listing off some occupations, but I feel like I was being rude to those occupations. Um, she could just be cast as, I don't know, a tree. And I'd be like, yeah, here's a fine tree. She'll do good at it. More the merrier, I think. More Florence Pugh. That's, that's my comment. I mean, I remember our review of June part one, and I think... We pretty well, much both like the last 20 to 30 yeah. minutes. And we got to the end of it and we were like, you know what? Florence Pugh would make this movie amazing. I, I remember both of us saying that. Um, that didn't happen, of course. But <laughs> but yeah, no, the movie got really good at the end. And it was it was like, oh, now it's over. I mean, you say really good. I say better. But, you know, either way, you know, we both had a better time towards oh, the end. Got to the end of the movie and I was like, okay, I'm interested. <laughs> now, there we go. <laughs> Yeah, there we go. And now with Florence Pugh, I'm even more interested. This is a um, this is an interesting one here. Now it's been a few years, been a few years. Um, the Batman v Superman movie has actually come out since this movie came out. Um, if you saw this movie, you know what I'm talking about. But I am Legend. Will Smith and Michael B. Jordan are set to star in an I Am Legend sequel. And do you know what? I watched this movie at the cinema and that was the only time I'd seen it. When this news was announced, I thought, oh, you know what? I'm going to go back and watch I Am Legend again. You get to the end of the movie, how is Will Smith back? I mean, I know that's a bit I mean, of a spoiler. If you've not seen the movie, it's... it came out so long ago. Yeah, come on. I mean, I mean, the movie, he sacrificed himself for the many. That was the whole thing. That was the ending of the movie. And I'll tell you this, right? I will tell you this. The CGI in that film is atrocious. Watching it today, it is it is not good. I mean, it was like, wasn't it like 12 years ago or something? It was like 20, was it 2010? Yeah, I think, um, 20, maybe. Yeah, you know I remember. Fact check. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking up. You look 2007, old, old it was 2007, oh, so it was wow. a year after Superman Returns. And you're right, they had that fake poster for the Superman Batman movie, all very exciting stuff, all very exciting. But hey, look, that was the same year like Transformers and Spider Man 3, like special effects were in a good place. Um, but obviously, this wasn't a huge movie, um, like those. But um, yeah, I remember the effects not being that that hot shot, but still. Interesting movie, like, you know, like, obviously, like, based on, was it, like, uh, I can't remember what the book was called. Was it called, like, I Am Legend um, or, like, Omega Man? No, it was called, Man yeah, Man. Omega Man. Omega Man. Yeah. And then there was some, like, rip-off movie called, like, I Am Omega or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> something, one of those cheap, like, budget films. Uh, but, look, there was some interesting stuff in here, like, this Will Smith being alone and then like, you know, the, what they were doing with like the vampire zombie type creatures, interesting stuff. The story is there and Will Smith is fantastic. It's pretty much just him for the whole movie for the most part. <laughs> until, until it's not. You know, it, <laughs> it comes across some human characters, the woman, the boy, but until then it's pretty much just Will Smith, a dog. And you don't see, yeah, as soon as you see, a lot of the CGI vampires, it just, yeah, it, it does not hold up very well. But there's a decent movie there, but I didn't think they were going to look at doing something else. Mm. And I don't think Will Smith thought so either. He didn't, he, he didn't want to make a second film. It was Michael B. Jordan 
who changed his mind with the story that he helped come up with for the sequel. Sure. And you know so what? I'm interested. That's, I'm interested. That's the thing that's getting me going is Michael B. Jordan and Will Smith working together on a project. Shit, yeah, let's do it. This one, though, I, I don't know if this would have been my guess, but sure. But look, I'm excited to see them work together in whatever capacity. But I mean, in, if in if in Independence 2, in Independence Day 2, they can kill Will Smith off screen, maybe I Am Legend 2, they can bring him back off screen as well. <laughs> you know, just oh, get, what a... Um, just get straight into it. What a, an atrocity. <laughs> they killed him off off screen. That was unbelievable. Apparently, they blamed it on scheduling conflicts anyway. <laughs> that that was not a good... Scheduling conflicts no and sequel. COVID, the, the two excuses. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there they go to. And, and the Flash. <laughs> we blame the Flash as well. Will Forte and Lana Condor have joined the cast of the upcoming Looney Tunes live-action film, Coyote vs. Acme. We were talking about this last time that announced that John Cena had joined the cast. And I think what we're talking about there is maybe Cena is playing the lawyer for Acme. And what we know now, playing Coyote's lawyer, is Will Forte. Bring it on. Oh, excellent. Sounds good. Do you know what? You know, we obviously still I, we still have that bad taste of Space Jam and New Legacy in our I, mouth. I was just going to say, don't you I do, do I, I know. bring I'll, up that film. <laughs> but what I did the other day, I went back and watched Looney Tunes back in action. And do you know what? I am primed. I am primed for more just Looney Tunes. Yeah, that is a good film. Like, that, is, that is a very good film. And I think without looking it up, that might be the last film that Joe Dante directed. Was it his last one? I think it was. I mean, I, I don't think he's retired, but yeah. Or maybe that was like the last big studio film that he did, but it, it didn't receive the same love as the original Space Jam. And it's a shame. It's a great film. Brendan Fraser. Is playing the son of you know Timothy Dalton's character. It is, it's a good film, but it, it yeah, it doesn't seem to get a lot of love. But I just it, I don't know. It's just got me in like a. You know, I'm, I'm up for it. Give me some Looney Tunes live action action. I've gone back and had a look. 2003, he did Looney Tunes back in action. He's done a lot of TV. He's been directing like CSI New York. He directed an episode of Legends of Tomorrow, MacGyver, Hawaii Five-0. There's a couple of movies in there. He did The Hole and Burying the X. Okay, films. More so Burying the X. Anyway, a bit of a... I guess you were <laughs> right, Joe, like, Joe Dante there. Big, but that was his, uh, I guess, last, yeah, big last studio film. Yeah. Last studio film. But yeah, that is a good film. So hopefully... This movie, Coyote versus Acme, is going to be more back in action and less Space Jam 2. <laughs> I couldn't even remember the title, The New Legacy. <laughs> Space Jam 2. <laughs> I'm done with oh. that movie. Saying that, though, my kids haven't watched it yet, so no doubt It'll I'll come watch up. it a second time. It'll come up. Um, Stranger Things producer Sean, uh, is it Levy or Levi? Levy? I think it's Levy. Levi is I, I, isn't it? Wouldn't so. it? Anyway, yeah. Stranger Things producer Sean Levy is in talks to direct Ryan Reynolds in Deadpool 3. 
Uh, the two previously worked together on Free Guy and Netflix's new movie, The Adam Project. And it's a bit of a plug here. Our next review is the is the Adam Project. So we'll hold our thoughts. There's what um, perfect timing for those guys as well. So opening weekend, Netflix, The Adam Project. So, oh, by the way, our next film together is going to be Deadpool 3. That's going to be nothing but good publicity for them in this movie. Well, the Adam Project movie. Mm. I mean, yeah, again, without holding our thoughts, but I mean, we obviously both loved Free Guy. Um, let's just say the Adam Project looks looks good. Um, and of course, like, but yeah, we, but Free Guy, Free Guy was just incredible. Like, right, it was in my top right. three movies of last year. Although it was funny what um, Ryan Reynolds has shared on social media. The third film in my Sean Levy trilogy <laughs> will be a tad more stabby. <laughs> That's brilliant. Like the, Isn't it? The fact that it's Deadpool, like the epitome of like what Ryan Reynolds is pretty much. Like Ryan Reynolds personified as a as a Marvel superhero is Deadpool. So that's a bit that's a big film. It's a big film. And I mean, we don't even know what's going on with uh with that movie in terms of where it will be, what it will be, but we we just know we just know it's MCU. So we we'll just have yeah. to wait and see. And Sean Levy is in talks, so can't <laughs> no complaints here. Keeping it Marvel, and we've mentioned him already. We've got some more casting news for the Craven the Hunter film. Harry Allen Dubosti from West Side Story will play Calypso, an unyielding sorceress and a longtime love interest of Craven. That is in the comics. Whether that's how the relationship is going to be in the movie is to be seen. Alexandro Nivola from The Many Saints of Newark will play the villain. No further details were revealed about Nivola's character. Now, on Nivola, isn't Craven the villain? I mean, that, that, was my, that was my thoughts exactly. <laughs> isn't that what's supposed to be happening? But then, do you know what? You know, in Venom, yeah. he's not the villain, is he? Venom yeah. 2, he's not the villain. And I very much doubt Morbius is going to be the villain in his movie. So these Spider-Man villain movies, <laughs> they're kind of the hero of their own stories, aren't they? Well, that, well that's it. And, and, I mean, yeah, that's how you justify it. Of course, they're going to have their antagonist that they go up against. But, I mean, that was my thought. Exactly. Like, why is there a villain? character isn't he's craven not i don't know it's like the and last time the target oh, the thing he? he's hunting is gonna be oh, i don't know he's gonna hunt something that by him hunting it protects someone who knows but this is a film oh. that's got the chameleon and there's another character the foreigner that is apparently making his live action debut so this movie is filling up with Marvel characters. You know what it would be? Whoever, whatever character this villain is, the villain will be the one that hires Craven to hunt someone, and that someone is someone that doesn't deserve to be hunted, and in turn, the villain guy is very villainous for that reason. Writes itself, doesn't it? Writes mm, itself. That's it, easy. Because then Craven won't continue with the job he was hired to do, and then this big bad's going to be like, you know... You want something done right, you do it yourself. Mm. Oh, that's the movie, isn't it? Maybe it's Calypso <laughs> that he has to hunt. They fall in love. 
they can't he can't do it he has a he has a dilemma i don't know but you know what this is a film with aaron taylor johnson as craven i want to see that so this movie has that much going for it i'm trying so hard not to mention anything about like the mcu and how like where is this set what does it all mean Morbius. Why does he look like we need Chris to. Silver? We need. Yes. We need to wait until Morbius. I am hoping. This month? I I lost. Thirty first of March. Thirty first of March was in Australia. Most places first of April. But I'm hoping that's going to shed some light. But at the same time, I don't think it will. I have to wait and see. <laughs> More questions. More questions. Um, Jason Momoa um, officially confirms he's playing. The bad guy in Fast Ten. That is Fast yes, Furious Ten. If uh, <laughs> oh wow, I mean th- these movies. It's just they get bigger and bigger. I mean, last time they went to space, and you're like, who else can they add? Who can they add to the cast? Because this is it's always been a growing ensemble. Like they keep throwing more big people. We've got Dwayne Johnson early on in what the fifth movie, the last. One, we got John Cena. These films keep getting bigger and bigger. And then they're like, you know what? Jason Momoa. And he's not just a bad guy. He's described as being a very dapper, well-dressed bad guy. I'm like, yeah, great. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it's going to be brilliant. And we're going to have Momoa fight Vin Diesel. I'm guessing Vin Diesel wins. But we're going to get to see it. It's going to be a lot of fun. I hope they fight underwater. Yeah, we've not seen that. (laughs) They can go into the ocean. They can go deep, deep into the ocean. I know, but Momoa's clearly got an advantage, so we know who's going to win that one. Mm. Oh, Jason Statham, though, he took out the Meg. He's got some underwater skills. I don't know. I'm just talking shit. Anyway. Is Statham coming back? I thought Statham was busy. No, man. I don't know. Hobson Shaw, too. I'm not up to there. I'm not up to there yet. I mean, I mean, this is literally what, what we do, keep track of these things, and I honestly don't know either. That's all too much. We've had our first look at Tom Hanks as Geppetto and Pinocchio, voiced by Benjamin Evan Ainsworth. Pinocchio is coming to Disney Plus this September, so not too far away, and this, of course, is the live-action movie. I'm always keen for Tom Hanks. You know I'm there for it. Um... It looks like an old guy. I was just going to say, if you've not seen the photo, <laughs> it's Tom Hanks looking like an old guy and a puppet that looks just like Pinocchio from the cartoon. Uncanny. That's the photo. Uncanny. <laughs> I mean, it looks on point. <laughs> I mean, isn't, isn't this the movie with, is it Joseph Gordon Lovett voicing Jiminy Cricket? I think that, that's that's this movie. Yeah, because there's another Pinocchio thing going around, isn't there? The um, the oh, that's the... Del Toro one. Yeah, Ron Perlman is in that one. I think that's a Netflix film. Sure, but that's going to be a darker take, like not the Disney one. No, not Disney, which is all like colourful. Yeah, but yeah, I just saw the image. Like, oh, look, it's Tom Hanks with great hair and glasses. <laughs> you seen that somewhere? Captain Phillips, Sully. Yeah, yeah, Joe. I don't but know. It, it's. I'd be interested to know like how they decide what's going where because we recently reviewed Turning Red, which was always planned to be a theatrical release, but you know circumstances had them 
release it on Disney Plus instead. But what's interesting here, Pinocchio has always been a Disney Plus movie, just like Lady and the Tramp, the live action mm. movie they did at the launch of Disney Plus. But other movies like The Little Mermaid, that's intended to be theatrical. Yeah, it's interesting because like, because it all comes down to like, okay, when were when was the project conceived? And then throughout production, like, are we making this for Disney Plus? Are we making this for theatrical? And I guess that's the difference. And obviously, when we get when we get like, oh, like, is the purpose of this to drive Disney Plus subscriptions, or is it some other reason that along the way they were like, hey, we're changing plans, we're distributing this through streaming. And that's where it's like it gets icky because then it's like, oh, why? What reasons? And I don't know. I don't think we can blame the pandemic anymore. But I don't know. So to answer your question, it's hard to know. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard to know. But honestly, the last time that I watched a film that Tom Hanks made for streaming was Greyhound. Oh, then again, that originally was going to be theatrical, and then Apple picked it up. Mm. But I didn't like. That wouldn't, have, that wouldn't have done well, technically. Anyway, <laughs> so maybe, I don't know, maybe they look at the movie and go, well, but it's not like, I feel like we've moved past, like, we're not just getting, you know, like, uh, the sacrificial lambs, like, all the, this movie isn't going to, isn't that great, let's put it on streaming. It's like, we're, we're getting some quality films on on these streaming services, especially on Disney+, Plus. like, pretty nutty, pretty nutty. Anyway, look, last, uh, I think last movie show we talked, you know, we had a bit of an update on Predator and, you know, what, what they were up to. Um, but now, Fede Alvarez, uh, you know him as the director of the Evil Dead remake, um, he will make a new alien film with Ridley Scott aboard to produce. And this is said to be a standalone. So it's not going to be like setting up a new series of films. It's just going to be a one and done. And I'm pretty sure Alvarez, wasn't he in some way connected with the recent Texas Chainsaw Massacre film on Netflix? I'm pretty sure he may be out of producing credit on that. Possibly. Do we need to, do we need to Google it? Nope. I'm okay, pretty sure he was. <laughs> Let's move on. But yeah, you've, I mean, you've said it, you know, we talked Predator recently. That's going to be, on Disney Plus for us here in Australia, Hulu in the US, but we'll get it on Star. And more than likely, that's where Alien is going to go as well. Yeah, you know what? I'm I can, I'm on board for, for a new Predator film. I'm like, yep, yeah, you know what? It's we haven't had that many, even though, oh, actually, I guess like the most recent one. But I don't know. I feel like with Which Alien, is okay and had its moments. I, I think I'm more interested in predator at the moment than i am alien in fact yeah. i don't even think yeah. i know i know i am so the idea of more alien oh okay uh, yeah I'm i mean a bit, i'm a bit dry am i, am <laughs> I gonna watch it of course part of the problem <laughs> but no you I mean it's a fair statement yes we'll watch it but like am i excited not really there's just just so many so many alien films I'll check it out and then alien versus predator and the bloody like Prometheus. Oh, uh, Prometheus, all of that. Yeah, that's where that. it's like, oh, you know. Too much. Too much. But anyway, moving on. 
Jack Harlow will star in a white men can't jump reboot playing the role that Woody Harrelson made famous. So there we go. That's the thing that's happening. The original was a Fox movie. We've got it available on Disney Plus. I mean, are we to think this is maybe another Disney Plus film? Who knows? This is one of those movies that I watch. I think like, I mean, it would obviously back in the day, back in the day, like watch it like that one time. And I don't know, like, is this a movie that you hold dear to your to your heart? Are you, I don't know. Big it's fan? not like like you. It's a movie that I watched when I was younger, but I I did a rewatch last year, back to back. I did White Men Can't Jump and Money Train, the two films that Harrelson and Wesley Snipes did together. Money Train for me is the better of the two, but White Men Can't Jump. I mean, this was a huge film for Harrelson. And, you know, it's still a popular film today. But I had no idea who Jack Harlow was. <laughs> I had no idea whatsoever. I'm not sure if you're familiar at all. No. Okay. He's an actor and composer known for Fast 9, Scoob. I don't know in what capacity, whether that's actor or composer, but he was involved in some way with those movies and now is going to be in White Man Can't Jump. So we still need to wait on more casting, but there we go. Interesting. So interesting. Crazy. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. It, it was a good story. It was a good story. Um, Brad Pitt's company Plan B is reportedly ready to produce the long anticipated Beetlejuice sequel with Michael Keaton and Winona Ryder likely to reprise their roles. Beetlejuice 2. We've talked about it many times. I'd say this is the closest in recent times we've come to a sequel. Back in the day, before Batman Returns, Warner Brothers went to Tim Burton and he had the choice to do a Beetlejuice sequel or a Batman sequel. Clearly, he chose to do a Batman sequel. But if he had have chose Beetlejuice back then, it would have been Beetlejuice in Hawaii. That is the movie they were working on. So it never happened. And over the years, there's been talks of a sequel to Beetlejuice. But having Brad Pitt's company involved, it's like, oh, wow, okay. So it's more than a cast member showing interest or, you know, just an offhand remark. It sounds like it could happen. And what I've read, if it was to happen, it would happen quickly. They're not just going to sit on it. So it's one to wait and see. And Michael Keaton's back as Batman. Maybe he'll come back as Beetlejuice as well. And as you know, his character is covered in makeup. They can get him looking just like he did. I'd love to see more Beetlejuice. I really would. I mean, that would be that would be the concern. It'd be like it needs to look the same, if not exactly, exactly the same. So. They can make him look the same, but the I mean, it's not a concern at all because we know that Michael Keaton has still got it. There's a level of energy that Beetlejuice has, and you know Michael Keaton isn't getting any younger, but you see him on film. He can turn it on. He's still got that energy. So they'll bring 
the the makeup and whatever else and and if he can bring that energy we'll get more Beetlejuice. Do you reckon they could do they can do Beetlejuice with uh, without uh, Gina Davis and uh, which one was it? Which, uh, which Alec Baldwin was it? Alec Baldwin. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. He's got he's got things going on at the moment. I reckon they could. Yeah. I reckon they could. And Beetlejuice just have it about Winona Ryder's and character and Lydia. Yeah, I mean, back the in the day, I used to watch the animated series, and that's that's who the focus was on: Beetlejuice and Lydia them and their adventures so you don't need to bring the other human characters back yeah okay no fair enough well human ghost characters you know what i mean it would be tricky i think because they would have to look the same again but with less makeup where is you know michael keaton they can sort that a lot easier this next story has me interested i have now finished pam and tommy and i'm guessing you have as well, Correct. so we've seen the televised drama of what happened. <laughs> now it's been announced Pamela Anderson will tell her story in her own words in a Netflix documentary. I'm there for it. I am there for it. She wanted nothing to do with Pam and Tommy. Tommy Lee had said that. He wants people to hear what really happened, but she has stayed quiet on the whole thing. Lily James, who plays her in the show, had reached out numerous times and nothing. She got nothing from, from Anderson. But now we're going to get it in her, in her own words in this documentary. I mean, fantastic. I mean, good, good for her if she, like, if she wanted to stay away from it, completely fine. Like, um, good for her for. Saying, hey, look, let me if I'm if we're telling the story again, let me tell it. Let me tell it properly. Um, I gotta say, I mean, obviously none of us were there, but I mean what what the the what the Pam and Tommy show did, I think painted uh any number of the characters in this show in pretty good light. Like there was you saw the highs and lows of a lot of the, the characters, but at the end of it, I think, especially especially Pamela Anderson, like her, I think her character was probably the most elevated to like, you know, like she really got screwed over like this person. And, and that's, by the, end and that's it, the thing, like, isn't it? Yeah, yeah that's like, the thing. What did she do She's... to deserve all of this stuff happening? It was like nothing. And that's it. And that's that's like, it. I mean, yeah, the show's not painting her in a negative light. And I remember when you recommended the show, I think three episodes had aired at the time, and I'd only seen episode one. And wow, Tommy Lee does not come out of that first episode well. But the but episode two onwards, like everybody gets a moment. But I think for, for Pam, obviously, it's because of the show I'm talking about, like I know. For Pam Anderson, it's, it's just reliving it. Like, you know, it's probably the worst thing that she's experienced. And now it's a weekly drama on TV. Like, well, so I can appreciate how yeah. she'd want nothing to do with it. But now we're going to get this documentary. And to be honest, there's going to be a lot of people who watch Pam and Tommy on Disney Plus or Hulu in the US that are now going to move over to Netflix <laughs> to watch this documentary. Netflix know this. They're aware. <laughs> Anyway, we're, we're going to get to see it. And 
and and I'm interested and and it's going to be awful like it was you know really <laughs> hard will. seeing what she went through on the show but in her own words it's going to carry so much more weight but um yeah so there we go documentary on Netflix well that's it for movie news now on to TV news all right I've got this Updates here on the the Batman spinoffs. Colin Farrell's Penguin spinoff series has officially been greenlit by HBO Max. Uh, Farrell will star and executive produce along with Matt Reeves, Dylan Clark, and Lauren LeFranc. So we spoke about this previously, but now it's finally official so we can say it it is definitely happening. And you're coming off, if you haven't listened to our Batman of the Batman review. Yeah, I mean, Penguin was a highlight amongst many other highlights. Um, and I'm very keen to see more on the, I guess, on the on the small screen, however we get it delivered to us. Um, but also on that, Matt Reeves says that one of the Batman spin-off series at HBO Max will focus on the Arkham Asylum. So originally, this was going to be the... GCPD show and there was talks of maybe Jeffrey Wright coming back as Gordon that's now been scrapped and they're going to focus on an Arkham show instead but that's just in early development but yeah you're right the main story Penguin and before watching The Batman and they were talking about doing a Penguin spin-off and you're like okay but why and then you see the movie wow yes I want more of Colin Farrell <laughs> as Penguin because he, yeah, oh, you, we're going to do a Penguin TV series. It's like, really? But now I get it. Absolutely I, I, get it. Yeah. I can't, I mean, it, it's always sad to see any sort of project scrapped, but look, I kind of get it. The, the GCPD thing, moving away from that, uh, we had the Gotham TV series and obviously, you know, it wouldn't be the same, but I think very, very samey. Like, very and it's similar. interesting the way they worded it as well. It's like it's not like they didn't stop one thing to do another thing. It's like one thing became another thing. So I guess as they were working on it, they just went in a different direction. Like, do you know what? Why don't we just have it be about this? Because I think obviously through the GCPD, like, look, we're not going to tell stories about these very interesting cops. It's all going to be about the crazy people. Why don't we just make the show about the crazy people then? Cool, done. And hey, look, in the movie, you know, try not to reveal too much, but in the movie, there yeah. is a there is a moment where, you know, they do highlight, you know, not just the Waynes, but the Arkans as a family. So I'm thinking all of that history as well is going to be a part of the mythology and, and stuff. And we're going to get a few bunch of, you know, inmates at Arkham. Yeah, very interesting. Maybe we'll get a cameo by some maybe major characters who knows maybe or minor or, or minor. minor that could be just as interesting Condiment some man minor is on characters. his way Come i on, was going to say you you <laughs> going to mention it you mentioned that guy a couple of couple of times but yeah i mean maybe kite man who knows we could get these guys <laughs> as a part of part of the show just these like really they're not even like they're not even achieving anything as super villains they're just like mental like there's this guy who's just obsessed with sauce, but like he <laughs> he actually hasn't hurt anyone or is is not going to because he can't because he just has but he's just crazy, maybe like <laughs> or who knows like each episode could be like a one and done like focusing on a different inmate, 
would be really interesting. Could yeah, be, uh, yeah. Just but first of, off, the surreal first off, realism of of yeah the Batman world. Like, yeah, bring it on. But Penguin greenlit actually happening. Um, interesting news here because we've heard about this. Marvel Halloween special for Disney Plus for quite a while. And it sounded like it was going to be Werewolf by Night. But then it took them so long to actually say whether or not that's what it was. But now we know not only is it Werewolf by Night, it will be directed by Michael Giacchino. Yes, that's Michael Giacchino, the world-renowned film composer. He's making his directorial debut on a Halloween special focused on an obscure Marvel character. I'm intrigued. When when I, you know, you sent through the the prep for this show today and I glanced over it, I almost, I'll admit, I forgot, but I was going to message you and be like, hey, is this meant to say direct or is it meant to say (laughs) compose or something? You know, because it's Michael Giacchino. You know, the composer. But okay, whatever. Like <laughs> the man is talented in what he does, and I love him for it. Um, if he has another talent, I'm all for it. <laughs> well, we're we're gonna find out in October, I guess. He could be terrible at it. Who knows? <laughs> it could be the worst. It's interesting, it's just really interesting. It's very interesting, and and I've I'm intrigued. I've said before. Not just Marvel. I like that Disney Plus do this. Like they'll do like a uh, last year they did the Lego Star Wars special, but it was Halloween themed. I like it when they put specials out there. And mm. yeah, but definitely the the part to note here is the director. Yeah, so I have to wait and see on that one. All right. So we already have spoken about Futurama coming back. I can't remember how many episodes I've done, but you know, like it was coming back. It's coming back. We the majority of the cast were coming back. We weren't sure on John DiMaggio, and there was a bit of a negotiation, contract dealings, sort of behind the scenes stuff holding that up um, to the point where people were hashtagging and boycotting and being like, "Whoa!" Now we can say confidently, John DiMaggio has officially signed on for the back to, to the nope. I was going to say back to the Futurama. Um, signed on for the <laughs> Futurama revival. Yes, Bender is back and that's it you can't have bender without dimaggio but him holding out though and it's like it's been like an ongoing thing for years and it's just it's voice actors getting the recognition and the pay that's fair it's a different pay scale to what live action actors get and it wasn't just for him it was for the cast and that's why dimaggio was holding out but it's since been resolved behind closed doors but all we need to know as the audience is that the entire cast is now back and hopefully getting paid a little bit more but yes of course like they're all back which i love it when that can legitimize the the project (laughs) bender needs to be bender and and that doesn't happen without john dimaggio so look i mean any sort of voice actor can probably be replaced and I guess we'd get used to it and move on. But I think there's, there's just some that you'd know and it would feel weird and, and he would just, and he, that would be distracting. One. And yeah. yeah, he's one that you would know. He would. 
The Muppets are returning to Disney Plus for a brand new comedy series called The Muppets Mayhem, starring Lily Singh in the human lead role. Adam F. Goldberg of the Goldbergs, puppeteer Bill Beretta and Jeff Yorks developed and wrote the series, which will star Dr. Teeth, Animal, Floyd Pepper, Janice, Zoot and Lips. There you go. The gang's all here. But um, yeah, more, more Muppets. I mean, they tried a couple of years ago, didn't they? Back when it was on before Disney Plus and it was an ABC show and they were doing it like a mockumentary style. Yeah, it was like office style kind of. That's right. I did a couple, couldn't get into it. But Muppets, I mean, I like that there's going to be going to be more. And I've got to be honest, the Adam F. Goldberg connection does have me intrigued. But there we go, more content for Disney+. Plus. Yeah, look, I didn't mind that um, that series from a few few years ago. Like, it wasn't amazing, but like... Oh, I watched it and I was like, okay, that was that was fine. And yeah, a few little gags here and there sort of brought it up. There was, I remember like, I think it was like when Disney Plus was first getting all, you know, launched and things were happening. There was a, I think there was a big Muppets project announced and it kind of just went away and no one's talked about it to the point where I can't remember what it was called and what it was meant to be, but I guess that's all done like that was it was like a different production team and and stuff like that so none of these guys what's interesting though is like we're not getting the you'd think hey the muppets we're going to get kermit and miss piggy and gonzo and all of that but the fact that they're saying hey these are the characters we're going to be focusing on and it's not your it's not your usual go-to main stars that's something different i mean i guess the most famous of the cast is going to be animal so he's in there, and maybe there's some links to Kermit. You know, those characters are there, but for the most part, it's going to be Doctor Teeth and the gang. Doctor Teeth and the gang. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Cal Penn has joined Disney Plus's upcoming The Santa Claus sequel series, starring Tim Allen and Elizabeth Mitchell. So we spoke about this previously as well. Um, very excited to get Tim Allen back as the Santa Claus. Um, oh, cannot wait. Big fan of Cal Penn. We enjoy him, yeah. <laughs> we like him. Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been a while. I mean, yeah, obviously outside of Harold and Kumar, which was so long ago now. But I remember seeing a couple of seasons, at least one season of House, and he was in that. And, you know, he was in things. Son of the Mask comes to mind. He's done things. And then, yeah, anyway, he's going to be in the, in the Santa Claus, the TV series. Remember when he was in Superman Returns? That's right. That's some reason. example. <laughs> I, was, I, I was just, I, I was trying to think, what, what did he do? And I couldn't think beyond Son of the Mask. There we go. Yes, he was in Superman Returns. Anthony Mackie is set to star in and executive produce a live-action adaption of the Twisted Metal video games. I mean, I liked them and I played them. That's a video game that I enjoyed. But yeah, they're going to do it as a TV service. I have no idea what this video game is. Is it like Monster Trucks or something? Is that... 
it's yeah it's a vehicle game where you can crash and you get weapons and yeah so it's not a racing game no but it's like i think i remember it's like i i just remember giant wheels and blades coming out of the vehicles and and there's like there's there's an arena and a cityscape and you're driving around and you're collecting points and there's opponents Wow, okay. I didn't think I'd be explaining video games to you. That's a first, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I liked it. Twisted Metal, I had it on the PSP. I had it on PlayStation 1. But yeah, it's coming back as a TV series and Anthony Mackie is involved. Okay. Well, yeah, cool, cool. When it's something I just assume you know about, I prep very light with the story. <laughs> so there we go. I'm having to rely on my, my memory <laughs> of that game. All right, Tiffany Haddish uh, will return for an all-new Detective Dana mystery. And yes. this is, of course, <laughs> the second season of The After Party. Now, I've got to tell oh, you, so good. I have watched, so far, the first two episodes of The After Party. It started this oh, yeah. weekend. We're on to it. We are we're getting through it and loving good. it so far. See? Loving it so far. It's so good. And it just gets better. It just gets better. It is so good. So I guess what they're doing with this series, so this is not a spoiler for you watching series one, just like with Daniel Craig in the Knives Out sequels, they follow Benoit Blanc. The After Party series will follow Detective Dana. Tiffany Haydish is your link from season to season, and then you're going to get a whole new ensemble of suspects. Now, that's fine. That's the perfect way to do it. I mean, I'm assuming, I'm assuming this case will uh, will be wrapped up at the end of this season. Um, I mean, I don't think it's a spoiler. Uh, it, it would be a massive letdown and a betrayal to the audience if that wasn't the case. That's mm. the whole point of like a whodunit. Imagine yeah. getting to the end and you just don't know. Like, oh, well, that was good, I guess. And I guess like you couldn't get to like, oh, we're gonna do a season two, and it's all the same people involved in another in another murder. It's like, okay, this is getting a bit crazy. That's it, so, yeah. You get so to the course, end of the season and it's no, to be continued. <laughs> there's no other way to do this except to not have anyone return at all, and then it's a completely new, fresh show. But no, you need that connected tissue. And Tiffany Haydish is yes. so far like I remember a few years ago you said watch this person. She's gonna yeah, she's I did. gonna be doing things, and she's doing things, and this is this is fun. Yeah, now I've yeah I've talked about it on the podcast for so long, going back to the Jared Carmichael show. And she was great in that, and she's just been fantastic since. Yeah, I'm glad that we're getting a second season. I'm just as glad to hear that you're actually bloody watching it because I've recommended it to you on the podcast, off the podcast so many times. It is a great show. It's on Apple. It took me a while to get access to it <laughs> i mean to be honest there's not that much stuff on there i know they do, that's ha- why. They do have some quality though yeah. the after party ted lasso like quality you you, you run out quickly servant yeah, yeah. morning was but they <laughs> they do have some decent stuff on there okay we mentioned the walking dead at the beginning we're getting a brand new show lauren cohen and jeffrey dean morgan are starring in a new walking dead series Isle of the Dead, and that is coming 2023. I don't even know what that means. I thought they hated (laughs) each other because when I watched Walking Dead, (laughs) uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, well, not the actor, but the character, had just killed Glenn. (laughs) 
So I don't know. They, are they friends now? <laughs> no, like they still hide each other, but like this in like the most recent season since Maggie's return to the show, because she was out of it for a while, like she went off and did her own thing. Um, like they've thrown them two characters together because of the conflict. Um, but they've sort of like they're not friends as such, but like I don't know, they can they can sort of be in the same room as each other. I don't know, it's inter- it's hard to explain without. Okay, it's kind of ridiculous, but <laughs> the my, the biggest gripe I've got here, okay, we're in the final, what's dubbed as the final season of The Walking Dead, the main show. I know we've got Fear the Walking Dead and all that kind of everything else. We're in the final season, so we're thinking, okay, all these characters, we're going to get some wrap-ups. We're going to see the end of it. We've got a spin-off with two major characters from the early days, Carol and Daryl. And every time I put their names together, it drives me nuts. It has to be called that, please. That is so funny. Carol and Daryl. (laughs) And now, so we already know, okay, well, they at least make it to the end of this show. They're not dying. They're safe. And now we know that Maggie and and Negan, and hey, look, Negan, fantastic character. But then to know that, again, them two characters, Maggie's been there since season two and, and like Negan since like season five or whatever or six i can't remember whenever he killed glenn it like to know that they're they're safe and they're going to go on to another show it's almost like okay are we just waiting for another spin-off to be announced for another two characters we're going to run out of like every other character that's remaining is fairly newish so it's like i don't know i just feel like we're not ending the show we're just continuing it in in well other shows still Still watch it, and apparently we're still getting that Rick Grimes trilogy of films. What's going on there? That's the thing, isn't it? Still, Andrew Lincoln, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, we keep back? in the show. They keep hinting, you know, like he's still alive. Like we see, like we're on a boat somewhere, and then it's like, oh look, there are his boots. How did they get there? <laughs> he's alive. Like, oh, do you know what? I've got to be honest. Like, my my wife still watches it, and she likes it. She still watches it. And likes it. No, I know there's an audience for this doing, show, and it's interesting. I, they're doing different things. She like, doesn't do all the spin-offs. No, like I, we abandoned Fear the Walking Dead a while ago. We we couldn't get into the world beyond. Um, but I mean, it's like these the thing of like these new spin-offs that they're doing, like Maggie and and. Uh, what the hell is his name? Negan, Maggie and Negan, Carol and Daryl. Like, I mean, I suppose <laughs> we have to watch Carol and Daryl. It sounds like a sitcom from the 80s. It really does. Like, even like with the show, what they would do sometimes when when the like when the cast was split, you'd almost have like an episode focusing on this group, and then the next episode would be focusing on the other group, and then it would sort of go back and forth. And sometimes that would drive me crazy. I feel like Instead of them doing that, they've just decided, hey, let's just make two shows. <laughs> so, I don't know. Uh, just let it die so I could stop watching it. That's what I, I stopped and it's one of the best things I ever did. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like quitting smoking. It's like I'm enjoying it whilst I'm doing it, but it's not good for me. So I need to quit. I need to quit. No. I, need to quit. <laughs> I need to quit The Walking Dead. Well, at least you quit the spin-offs, but then they tempt you with more spin-offs that are connected to the main show. So anyway, more Walking Dead is coming. Well, that's it for TV news. Now on to comic news. Yes, it's a thing. We're doing it. 
I don't mind. I'll learn. We've only got one story. I can Every now and then, this pops up. If you like, <laughs> it does. It does. It's a, it's a rare occurrence, but sometimes it's just too big a story to pass up. Dark Horse is teaming up with Kevin Smith and Jane Silent Bob's Secret Stash on a new line of comics. The Secret Stash press line launches with Masquerade, an eight-issue series about a budding vigilante. It will be followed by the ongoing anthology Quick Stops, set in his View Askioverse movies that will include characters from Clerks, Mallrats, and... Jane Silent Bob Strybeck. There we go. I mean, Kevin Smith, the guy never takes a day off. He's just so busy. Film, TV. He's got his comic store, Jane Silent Bob Secret Stash, his podcasts, and now he's teamed up with Dark Horse Comics. And I've got to be honest, like, I mean, I've been collecting comics for as long as I can remember. And my pull list has got smaller and smaller to the point where I was thinking... I'll stop comics and I'll just wait on the trades. I'll collect them that way. And then this was announced. I'm going to have to get them, especially the Quick Stops series that is the View Ask You Verse. I think definitely that, like that connection to the, the, the View Ask You Verse, like that draws me in. And I'm like, oh, now I'm curious. Now I'm curious. Honestly, the latest Jane Silent Bob movie reboot, the Chasing Amy part of that movie, so give me that in comics. <laughs> give me those characters yeah, again. just let them pop in and let's have a quick catch-up every now and then. But, yeah, no, that was great in, in that movie. Like, just, that really felt like a big celebration of the, the universe <laughs> thus far. It was cool. Well, that's it for comic news. Maybe it will come back again someday. Who knows? <laughs> it is a very rare occurrence. I think the last time we did it was that, uh, what was it? The Mark Miller comic that he teamed up with Netflix on. And the character looked just like Pierce Brosnan. I think it was called King of Thieves. But anyway, it's a rare occurrence that you will hear the segment comic news. But now on to recommend. I'll let you go first. Okay. Now this one I'm taking a gamble on. We're only two episodes in. Um, but so far, um, this is a comedy horror series and it's making me laugh. It's uh, genuinely getting giggles out of me. Um, and I've never, it's been a while since I've felt that way. Um I don't know, maybe I've just been in a good mood. But this stars Courtney Cox, Greg Kinnear. It's called Shining Veil. All right. Um, it's on binge here in Australia. Um, I don't know where else it's on in the rest of the world. Stars in the US. Sure. It's on stars. It's so a show heard. that I was, yes, I've heard all about it. I've not started it yet. My wife confirmed this evening she's not interested. So I'm just going to get stuck in. Go in. I mean, I'm, I'm interested. A horror comedy with Courtney Cox. Basically, uh, the premise is we've got this dysfunctional family. They move from the city to a small town after Pat, who is uh, Courtney Cox, um, a former wild child who becomes famous through writing raunchy female empowerment novels, is caught cheating on her husband. The house they move into um, has, you know, see, classic haunted house type stuff going on, you know, 
ghost murder things like that um very uniquely patterned curtains uh the shining veil the name i mean if that's not a hint there's a lot <laughs> of like interesting little tropes and stylized and nods at sort of stanley kubrick's um uh, the shining film uh if not my favorite horror film of all time it's up there um so just fun in the in the satirical sort of um way that it sort of pokes fun at the shining but then also like as we move into episode two it's sort of like i'm starting to get hints of like oh okay they're going to be doing other horror movies and franchises and tropes and things from from them so i'm like okay cool this this could be i'm just going to sit back and, and get into it but like generally so far like like the comedy is just on point like almost every every bit of dialogue i'm like wow this is so witty and clever and i'm having a good time so far so i thought i'm not going to wait i'm going to recommend this so everybody else can get on this train and um if we crash and burn in the next couple episodes that's okay we can do it together so i mean the last time you went early on a recommend was pam and tommy and that worked out for the best <laughs> so yeah. at least they gave that one three episodes so <laughs> But why wait? Yeah. Why wait for the yeah, end of the well, show to, for me to say, yeah, well, yeah, it's good? Well, sometimes you've started something you're enjoying and you're recommending, like, hey, like this is good right now and maybe you should jump on before we, you know, it's got to the end of the season. But, um, yeah, I mean, I was interested from the get-go just hearing it was a horror comedy with Courtney Cox. And I was very pleased to see that here in Australia we've got it on binge. And that is also where my recommend is available. Our flag means death. I've got to be honest. This is a show that I saw a snippet of the first trailer. I already knew from that I was going to love this show, and it has not disappointed. Have you checked this out yet? Oh, yes. Um, and I don't want to take away from your recommend, but watch the first episode and... I was like, mm, I I get the style of comedy and it, it's very like, you know, what we do in the shadows type kind of humor. And I I couldn't. Yeah, it's not for me. I, I moved on. Oh mate. Honestly, I I love it. I absolutely love it. First episode, sat down with the wife, we watched it. We both really liked Taika Wahiti. And I think, I mean, if you're not liking the comedy, that's a that might be tough to get beyond. But I I mean, this is what they're doing. About this. this is 10 episodes. Week one, they released three. Week two, another three episodes. And then the following two weeks, two episodes each. So in total, you're getting 10 episodes, but over a short period of time. And it is just solid. So you can just get into it episode after episode if you're unfamiliar, it is loosely inspired by historical events. The comedy stars restarb it is Steve Bonnet, an unhappy aristocrat turned inept pirate captain, and Taika Wahiti as the notorious Blackbeard. Now, tonight we watched episode five, and episode four and five, Taika is fully in the show. He's there as a main character. 
and it is just excellent. Everything that guy does for me is just hilarious. And each episode just goes from strength to strength. But it, it is a particular style of humor. Now, the creatives behind the show are from New Zealand and they've got a particular brand of style of comedy that we're getting what we're doing the shadows flight of the concords all of that but it does feel very familiar also to british humor which obviously i grew up a lot with it's quirky it's just silly i love it i absolutely love this show it's and it's got a great cast it's it's a lot of fun so what did you say you've done one episode i've done the one but do you know what like do you think when Taika shows up, does the does it get better? I know it's hard to say because well, you're I, enjoying I, it anyway. Again, <laughs> I was enjoying it anyway, but I know, like me, you do like Taika. Mm. So I reckon just him being on screen, you might get more enjoyment. And maybe it'll just pull the show together for you. It is good to know that he's a he's a bigger, like he becomes a main part of the show. It's not just like pop up every now and then because that's what which is what i thought was going to happen yeah well yeah like even there in that first episode so i was like okay he's just going to show up at some point and and it's not about him though it's it's about steed and his crew but and and again looking at the poster taika is at the back like really small like it's a big ensemble but no like he's he's in it like he's actually in the show and yeah i don't want to say too much more but he is a prominent cast member in episodes four and five. I've not watched episode six yet. So pretty much halfway through, and I think he's here to stay. I think it's excellent. It's my type of humour. And it's like, what, 20, 25 minutes, maybe 25 minutes an episode? Maybe check out a couple of more. I like that. We've, we've both gone with comedies on binge, but the types of comedy is just completely, completely different is so interesting yeah but you're right though binge send us a fruit basket that's what Ooh, we used to say yeah. isn't it? that's what I you used think, to say to netflix binge for fruit we haven't we haven't you don't maybe they netflix. will maybe they will binge we, we'd we'd give <laughs> netflix a lot of airtime. <laughs> you'd ask for fruit nah. binge <laughs> send fruit <to> our <laughs> um yeah, that's well that's it that's it for the recommend section and trivia and i've got trivia for the movie I am legend. And I've got to be honest, the two times I've seen this movie, I'd not noticed. And I went back and checked it tonight and it is freaky. So you've got Will Smith's character, Dr. Robert Neville. When he sees the mannequin, he calls Fred outside of the street. It looks like the mannequin moves its head a little during that scene a mime replaced the mannequin to try and play with people's minds when they watch that scene. It is freaky. So you know, when you're watching the film, Will Smith's in the car, he's got the dog, and he's, he sees Fred, and all of a sudden he's outside, and he starts to freak out, like, how are you outside? You were supposed to be inside. How have you moved? And then he drives off. But if you go back and look at that sequence, the mannequin's head does move. It's freaky. Mm-hmm. I remember the mannequin's head moving, but... Yeah. Oh, there you go, then. I never noticed it. Even with that recent rewatch, I did not notice it. And then after finding this trivia, I went back and watched that clip, and, yeah, the head does move. 
Freaky. So you noticed my trivia in the movie, but maybe other people like me didn't notice. And apparently they do it inside the video store as well, like occasionally. But don't they, the, the way that the movie's cut, doesn't it make it obvious that it's, like, you're meant to know that it's moved? Isn't that the, the weird thing about it? Well, I I didn't I didn't notice oh, okay. it. But, I mean, I mean, it's supposed to be a mannequin, though. Like, it's not supposed to be moving. Yeah. Oh, no, it's I definitely a it, weird, it's definitely a weird thing that happens when you sort of, like, is... It's Will Smith's character going crazy, sort of thing. Like, so maybe the trivia for you is the hiring of a mime to replace the mannequin. But anyway, when you go back and look at it, it freaks me out, and maybe it'll freak other people out as well. That's it for our movie show. Please go subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts, and please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast. We're on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Film Stew Podcast. And we also have our companion shows, Rewind and Review, and Sounds Like Comics, which each have their own Facebook pages. If you missed it, we recently reviewed The Batman and Turning Red. And stay tuned for our upcoming review of The Adam Project. You've been listening to Luke and Jason, the guys from That Film Stew. See you soon.